Hello, and welcome back to Texas Tech Health Check from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy with help from evidence-based advice from our physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you care about your health. One of the things our experts agree on for improving our health, in addition to stop smoking, is getting daily exercise. Move that body. How do you start or how do you get back to exercising if it's been a while? Here to tell us how to ease into it is Dr. Toby Brooks, Associate Professor and Program Director of the TTUHSC Masters in Athletic Training Program. Dr. Brooks has worked as an athletic trainer and strength and conditioning coach with numerous professional, collegiate, and high school athletics programs. Dr. Brooks, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your expertise, and what you do here at the Health Sciences Center? Sure. I've been here, it'll be 14 years uh, on New Year's Day, and I serve as the program director of the Masters of Athletic Training program in the School of Health Professions, Department of Rehab Sciences. I've been a certified athletic trainer for longer than I care to admit, and a certified strength conditioning coach a few years after that. So I've worked with anywhere from high-level professional athletes down to middle schoolers and all points in between. I've also spent some time in industrial settings working as an athletic trainer and a strength specialist. Well, again, welcome to our podcast. Thanks. It's, it's great to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, we're talking about exercise and thinking with people in mind who might want to start an exercise routine for the new year. Can you tell us what happens to our bodies when we start to exercise on a consistent basis and what are the benefits of exercise? Yeah, I think it's important to recognize that any one session is great, but the true benefits for our body comes through discipline, through repetitive effort. And so a lot of times this time of year, people set a New Year's resolution and their intention is you know, I'm going to start on January 1st and I'm going to do this, this, and this. And when they encounter failure, it's really demotivating. And so I think I've, I've read or heard that, you know, 75% of all New Year's resolutions are pretty much abandoned by the end of January. But recognizing that giving ourselves grace and, and just cultivating good habits is the key and the consistency is where the change begins. And so we can see measurable changes in as short as two weeks, like whether that's on the scale, whether that's our resting heart rate, whether that's body composition. Sometimes it doesn't register on the scale, but our, our clothes fit differently. So there are small indicators that we are making changes. They are oftentimes microscopic level and they add up cumulatively to macroscopic changes, but it does take some time in order for that to really start to take root. How much or how long do we have to be exercising before we start to notice the difference? Is that about two weeks? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, I started teaching our students an evidence-based practice course at the beginning of the semester. We have a new faculty member. Shout out to Dr. Samantha Weber. She took over that course for me. But if any of my students are listening, uh, they would cringe a little bit at what I'm about to say because it's it's really not rooted in evidence, but it's it's kind of common knowledge in gym spaces. For every year of neglect, a month of concerted effort in the weight room or in conditioning can essentially reverse that. So the beauty is lots of times we may find ourselves 20 years removed from high school when we were in the best shape of our lives. Well, 
it's fantastic that our body is such a resilient organism that it doesn't take 20 years to reverse 20 years of neglect. If we really no, devote ourselves to the process and improve the way we're fueling and improve the way we train, then we can start to see those benefits in as quickly as, as two months. A good rule of thumb that I've heard is you can start to notice differences for yourself within the first month. Within the first six months, people that know you will notice a difference. And then within the first year, people that don't know you will have some sense that, you've, that you're committed to a healthy lifestyle. So uh, again, those aren't rooted necessarily in evidence, but I feel like they're motivating and knowing that you know, if I can be a different person in a month, if I just devote myself to this this healthier alternative, and for me, it's really boiled down to uh, I do it for myself, but I also do it for my family. I, w- I want them to have the best version of me, and when I age, I, I want to be able to to go places with them and and you know hike or walk or whatever. So there's really a quality of life piece to it that probably wasn't as important earlier in my life. So then how can we start a fitness routine? Do we need to invest our Christmas bonuses on new gym or equipment? First of all, who's getting Christmas bonuses around here? I want to know. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can. You absolutely can invest as much or as little in this process as you want. But I think that's a big hurdle that people can use as a way of almost uh, allowing themselves to persist in, in negative behaviors. I had a big hurdle of hating to go to the gym. I've worked in athletics most of my career, and so the weight room was there. You could go work out before the day started or at the end. And the thought of going home after a long day and then getting back in the car and going to the gym was just a a huge demotivator. Didn't have the time, didn't have the energy. And so the barrier was getting my rear end in the gym. And so I recognized that about myself and realized that I needed an at-home gym. And so I pieced together on Facebook Marketplace and and various online, put together a pretty full-functioning space for a few hundred dollars. And I've added some things to it from time to time. But you can start with body weight stuff. It, It really doesn't have to involve equipment. I've been on this podcasting journey. You and I were talking about this. And, and I just got a nice new mixer like this and the nice new mics. Well, uh, I, I was using that as a crutch. I don't have the equipment to start this. And, and it probably prevented me from starting this journey two or three years ago. And in, in retrospect, I look back at that and I, I kind of, you know, I, I view that as a lost opportunity for growth. You can record a podcast on a cell phone. It doesn't have to have elite level equipment in order to be good. And the other part of that is every time I try to iterate, whether it's a new episode or a new workout, I get a little bit better every time. And so if I hadn't started a year ago, then I wouldn't have that full year of growth. And so for a lot of people, they can guilt themselves into thinking, oh, you know, I haven't worked out in four years or five years or 10 years or 20 years or whatever. And you can't make up for that time lost, but a year from now, you'll thank yourself that you started this year, today. 
I try to encourage people to, to steer clear of the New Year's resolution crowd because it's almost cool and trendy to abandon that by the end of the month. Why not start first of December or December 14th or December 4th or whatever? The date really doesn't matter. It's almost like your birthday. Like that can be exclusively yours and you can embrace that and be like, this is the day that I made the decision that I'm going to take care of myself. And, and that's for me, but it's also for my family, for the people that I care about. Is there an age that's too young or too old to start exercising? Uh, before birth or after death, I would say, would be the only limiters there. I, I think it's important for kids to learn to use their body. And, and we don't have to think about it in terms of formal training. It's play. And, and semi-structured or unstructured free play is really, really important for our growing bodies. There is a developmental window of motor development in which we can acquire skills much, much easier. And we see this in terms of language. And in bilingual households, young, you know, young people are exposed to both languages in a developmental sensitive period, and it's very easy for them to acquire both of those languages. As we get older, if I want to learn to speak German now, that developmental window has closed and it's much, much harder. And I also have a, a tendency to have a, a really marked accent to a native speaker. Language and movement aren't that different in the brain. And if I have early exposures to things like tennis or pickleball is really popular now or basketball or track and field, fill in the blank, whatever that is that's different. If I can acquire that skill when I'm five, six, seven, eight years old, I'm much more likely to develop fluency in terms of motor skills, and that can serve me for the rest of my life. And so this idea of early sports specialization where uh, you know a kid plays baseball and that's all they do, if that developmental window closes and they want to learn to play tennis when they're 25, it's, it's kind of like trying to learn another language. So early experiences are important. Older experiences are also important. We, our bodies are resilient things, and stressors of, of any sort can trigger adaptation, and that's what exercise is. And, and it can allow me to cultivate new abilities that I didn't used to have, and that's, that's an exciting thing. Now, with that, I will asterisk that and say for the very young, if, if they're going into any kind of heavy lifting, that may be contraindicated. Likewise, if someone hasn't trained in 20-plus years, it's probably a good idea to have a physical and get a checkup by a physician and be smart about it. But success breeds success. And so if, if I'm 60 years old and I haven't trained in 30 years and I go straight into a CrossFit gym and try to hang with – people who are competitive CrossFitters, that's failure. And failure cultivates failure. But success begets success. So if I can build it in such a way that I'm a little sore, but I'm not injured, that soreness feels good sometimes. And it's a reminder that I've pushed myself a little bit beyond the threshold of what I was able to do yesterday. And that is exciting. So how can someone get started? That's a great question as well. A lot of people don't know where to begin. And so there are a lot of apps. The last time I, I think during COVID, we did something kind of similar to this. And I mentioned an app that I use that takes the thought out of it. At the end of a long day, I don't want to have to build a workout. So I use an app called FitBod. I don't get compensated for saying that. There are competitive, you know, there are other apps out there that do that. My Fitness Pal, there are nutrition trackers that you can use. So I would encourage folks to, to maybe shop for an app. Just log your activity. If you've got an iPhone, closing your ring. I started like the week after Christmas last year, 
and I've closed my ring every day. And that's a good motivator for me. And you can adjust what that caloric goal or step goal is. I see a lot of colleagues and friends, they're, they're walking the, the myriad of hallways at the HSC, and they're like, I'm closing my ring. And that's what they mean by that. They're, they're hitting their movement goal for the day. And it may be as simple as that. I've experimented this year with that very thing. Instead of saying I was going to lift every day, uh, during COVID, I set a goal. As long as we're in quarantine, I'm going to lift weights every day until I go back to work. And I did that, but I was sore and my workouts were pretty trash by the end. So this year, my goal was discipline. I wanted to close my ring every day in the calendar year of 2023. And I've been able to do that. And it's not always in the weight room. Sometimes it's walking. Sometimes it's it's prayer walks or, or a, a stroll. To, there's a, a lake with a fountain not far from my house. And that's kind of a good place I go to kind of contemplate life and think about things. And that counts as my workout for the day. And so it, it really begins with setting a realistic movement goal. That can include weightlifting. That can include cardio. That can include sports, playing with your kids, whatever you want that to be. And then just being consistent, giving yourself grace when you mess up and not piling on guilt that you don't need to, because there's not much that's heavier to lift for me than guilt of work that I said I was going to do and I didn't do. And so that that's an important thing. We, we want to cultivate good habits, not punish bad habits. Well, expanding a little bit on that, I mean, given that it's the, the winter season, a lot of people get sick or injured. How do we stay motivated? For me, I think it, it's really it, it has revolved around setting an actionable goal. And my goal may be completely different from yours. And within my house, I've learned that my goal is completely different from my kids or my wife. And that's okay. Logging it, being consistent. I'm a data guy. So I want to see that I've checked boxes for the entire month or for the entire week. My wife, is. she's been doing Duolingo for 500 plus days. She does a mission trip to Peru every year. And two years ago, she came back. She's like, I'm, I've got to learn this language. I'm, I'm going to stick to this. And so there are times when it's, you know, 1154 and she's in bed on her Duolingo app so that she can keep that streak alive. And there's something to that. I mean, we all kind of know what pushes our buttons or dials our knobs and, and would be the motivator that we need. And maybe it's streaks. Maybe instead it is a social aspect. And some of these apps allow you to connect with others and, and inspire or encourage each other as an accountability partner, which is totally cool. Or maybe it's someone you work with that you can share that fitness journey with. And so for me, I'm not, I, I don't necessarily benefit from the social side of that as much as just kind of intrinsically knowing that I've, I've, I've set to my goal. A lot of people, instead of resolutions, do a one word. So my one word for 2023 was discipline. And my goal was to close that ring every day. And so I feel like I owe it to myself, December 31st, 2022, to work out today, to close that ring. Like I said, I was going to do it. And I'm so stinking close now. So sometimes it's, it's short-term doses or bouts or sometimes these fitness challenges. I did 75 hard a couple years ago That that is uh, – a really intense 75 consecutive days. And if you fail at any point, you have to start at the beginning and the countdown starts all over. Those are cool, but really it boils down to this isn't about checking a box to say that I did it. It's about how can I cultivate habits and behaviors that turn into the way I live. This isn't just I'm going to eat healthy for a week and I'm going to work out for a week and see what happens. It is how can I move toward better behaviors and make that become who I am, not an exception, but the rule. 
Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I think this is a great time of year to really to take inventory of, of where we are. The days are short and the opportunities are probably fewer and further between than they are. You know, I love the the long light days here in West Texas, but even in, in December, it gets dark early. And so this may be a, a great time to strategize. And, and so you don't have the beautiful, sunny, long nights, but instead, okay, I'm going to plot my course and, and I always say strategic and purpose, relentless in pursuit. And it takes me sitting down and plotting what that strategy is going to be. And then from that point, it's just checking the boxes. It's just doing what I said I would do. And for me, that, that's been a pretty powerful tool. Well, thank you for coming on our podcast and giving us these great tools and tips and suggestions. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thank you. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you for listening to Texas Tech Health Check. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or your healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Texas Tech Health Check is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center and produced by Tira Castillo, Susanna Cisneros, Mark Hendricks, Kay Williams, Tyler White, and me, Melissa Whitfield. And a big congratulations to Tyler White, who recently graduated from Texas Tech University. Thank you for all your help and topic ideas. And to everyone else, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.